Hi, I'm Gus. And I'm Luke. And we are Voila. And we're hanging out with Rob from Front Row Live. What's up, guys? Rob here, Front Row Live Entertainment, and I'm finally hanging out with a band that I recently got introduced to just because I came across Drop Dead Gorgeous on Spotify. And like instantly, I, I hit you guys up on Instagram. I was like, I'm hooked on you guys. Voila. What's up, guys? Gus and Luke, how are you guys doing? How are you, man? Pleasure. Thanks for being here. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks for letting me come into your studio space. Like, you know, this is the kind of space where, like, for artists, like, it's it's very special and sacred. Like, not anybody could just come in and, and be okay with that. Like, so I appreciate you guys having me in here. Of course, anytime, anytime. Yeah. yeah. I love this. Um, and I'm loving the, the album, the debut album, Happy Never After. Congratulations with this record. Um, we were talking about earlier how back in the day when music was good, and all these, yeah, and all these, and all these, and all these, <laughs> and all these bands that we grew up listening to, like, they were just dropping, like, masterpieces on every record. It wasn't just one single and, like, ten one-off songs. Like, they'd put it out, and it would take a bit of time. People get into it, and they'd be like, okay, I discovered this song, which is 20 tracks in. This is my favorite. And then that goes crazy. Like, that felt like, you know, we almost lost that a little bit. Almost. And then you guys dropped this debut with 21 tracks, and I feel like every single track on this album is perfect uh so i'm like super excited about that let's dive in and talk about like that creative process because it's self-produced um and i i'm curious like what that process is like between the two of you how do you guys come into the studio and kind of switch your heads as far as like being a producer and also being the artist at the same time it's very interesting i mean the one thing that i think is different about luke and i is we have very distinct lanes in our musicality. Like Luke is a writer, he's an author. And me, I'm more of like a melody producer centric guy. Yeah. So when we make music, we're kind of like quite hands off on what the other person's working on. So it's like, it feels quite smooth when we get into the studio and we're like, all right, let's do a voila song today. You know, we're not producing for someone else today. Let's do a voila song. And it's like, often we're just quick, we're fast because we've known each other for a while. And there's no one like interrupting or like second guessing, you know, like, oh, that lyric's not it. You know, we just know what's it. And it's just like, we get to the finish line quite quickly, honestly, when we work. Yeah, I mean, I, I echo all that sentiment. I think this record particularly, we were doing something we really wanted to do. I mean, this mm. is so much of the music that we were brought up on and so much of, um, for me, stuff I just needed to get out. Um, and I think to, to sit with the pen and not have to second guess it was really, I mean, an honor to have to be doing that, you know. Um, yeah, I think, you know, for a while when you're, when you're starting to make music, you're trying so hard to sound like somebody else. Yeah. And I think that's a natural process. And I, I, I think most artists go through that. But this one was just how can we be the most voila? And yeah. we didn't reference many tracks when we were making this. It was yeah. just kind of what was coming out and, and sticking with it. And that was really a joy. Yeah. yeah. It feels like authenticity has finally like really yeah. been found. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like even even speaking to like early songs, like we were definitely trying to sound like someone or something. Mm -hmm. You know, there was definitely targets being like, hey, like do it like this. Right. But with this, it was an amalgamation of like everything we wanted deep down that wasn't, you know, copycatting anything. Yeah. Like it's really what we lean towards as musicians. Right. What was that process for you guys? Because it was a few years before you guys... Yeah figured out what your sound and what yeah. vo uh, voila sounds like. So what is it about this sound that you guys felt like this is what the band and the project and, and the music that you guys sing about is all about? Um, honestly, I think it hit and we were in our homes and we yeah. didn't have 
anybody else on our team or outside of our team telling us what they thought we should sound like. Yeah, it was right. literally just Gus and I over Zoom writing about... And Luke Katz as well. And my cats, <laughs> of course. Um, every, every time we hop on Zoom, it's like three cats and Luke. <laughs> like just yeah. jumping across, like coming to say hi. We, they pretty much have been sampled on the record at this yeah. point. Yeah. Like they should have producer credit. They, they should have producer credit. They really credit. do. Actually, they're probably going to sue you for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I'm always wearing black, but I'm always yeah. covered in cat hair. I'm like, hopefully yeah. the camera doesn't pick all that up. Yeah, but it brings a lint roller I, I will, I'll lint roll myself and then I see them before I leave and I go, I got to say bye. <laughs> I mean, it's just rude not to say bye. So. You need to start doing the lint rolling in the car. That's what, yeah. that's what you need. That's yeah, very true. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, since we're just talking about this, I just realized this was the only body of work that we did that we didn't make a Spotify reference playlist for. True. And all of the yeah. other stuff we did, I think this was mm. just, does it sound good to you? Yeah. That was, that was enough. Yeah. 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 And the cool thing is we, there's actually one song that we that didn't make the record for just like timing purposes yeah. and that's coming out December 2nd yes. so we're excited about that which is we'll talk about that one after but like with with these 21 tracks like for any other artist 21 tracks is a load it's a load to kind of release on your audience but I was very happy with 21 tracks as opposed to 10 or 11 or 12 what was the idea behind doing these 21 tracks for you guys? Because it's also unheard of for bands. It's heard of for mixtapes and, and rappers and stuff like that. But for bands, they don't usually do that. Mm. It's an interesting one. I mean, it's an amalgamation, definitely. Like, we have songs on there that have been out for a bit yeah. that, like, fit sonically and fit storyline-wise. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, like, that kind of wasn't really a conscious decision. That was, like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. But for the for the most recent ones, like story-wise, thematically, they kind of had to be there. You know, like, there's lots of songs that are brother and sister songs. Yeah. Like, Luke will write lyrics from, like, one perspective and say it's a story told about a certain something that happens. Then another song is, like, the other person in the story telling the same story but from their perspective, and it's a completely different story, which is what I love about, like, writing with this guy is yeah. constantly there's that, like, really dramatic, thematic through lines in songs whereas, like, the fans can dig in you know, and they get to a song, they're like, wait, is that lyric the same as this? And then they listen back and it's like, holy shit, it's yeah. the same. Um, so, yeah, I think that's why we had to have 21 because they're all interlinked. And like to leave one out is like Luke's going to not sleep at night, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for, for me, it's twofold. One is growing up, I, I wanted Voila to be the band that I wish existed when I was young. Um, all the bands that I fell in love with had these incredible albums, but then I'd have to wait. 18 months mm. for them to put out another 13 songs yeah. and that killed me because so much of my identity came from the music I was listening to and these yeah. bands that I loved and it, I don't want people who become fans of Voila to have to wait for more music because we're writing all the time um, and second off uh, Happy Never After for me was a concept album and I always wanted to do a concept album and you know actually we were talking about it earlier but Alisena you know, with the emptiness, the fact that they were referencing Edgar Allan Poe uh, to, to talk about Annabelle Lee and the Telltale Heart. And um, that, to me, hit so hard. And I'm like, why don't we reference authors, people outside of music, for these concept albums? So this one was all fairy tales gone wrong. Yeah. And every song on the album is loosely related to some sort of a fairy tale that I've applied to a, a true story. Yeah. yeah, and that's a good point, because I, I always love that about Alessandra. Like, especially, you know, when Dennis would just sing these freaking songs and his roars and like everything every you know but the fact that they were actually talking about poetry or books or narratives like that like it 
gives you a new perspective. It, it paints a different picture as opposed to like just talking about personal experiences, which is, yeah. which is really cool. Um, but having this kind of um, a background with like the kind of music that you both love and grew up listening to, how did you go about as far as like, and I guess it's in the same sense of my first question, like how did you guys go about as far as like the writing process and not making it sound like a topic that's been talked about many times before? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super glad you asked that. For me, I just, I really believe that music is so not just an audio sensation. I think that most of us, when we close our eyes and listen to music, we picture a story. Uh, we, we feel it. Sometimes we get goosebumps. I mean, it's almost all of the senses, aside from taste. I mean, maybe, but uh, I think... That could be something new. <laughs> I, I think that's what I, I really try to do with the voila stuff is I usually start with poetry and then Gus will have melody and we try to interlock these things together and we try to reference a bunch of different things because um, I, I really want people to go on a whole journey and, and experience different emotions and picture the play in their head. Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of really good bands have done that. I mean, obviously we see Green Day with American Idiot and then Fall Out Boy just announced they're doing Fall You Do as a yeah. play. And I'm like, why shouldn't we all be aiming I think for that's that? The end goal, right? I think like, that's the end goal. We see the whole thing as kind of like a, a world, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like everything is linked yeah. like that. I dig that. Um, so once once Luke comes in with with the storylines, the, the the lyrics, you start to do the melodies, or you yeah. already have the melodies. Like, what is that process? What's the next step? When once we step into the studio together and start kind of recording or, or putting this these lyrics to life, it will literally be like the, the the classic scenario that most songs come from is like me ping over a voice note of like either something over a guitar line or a track that we I've built and. It will be like, okay, Luke sends back a couple like thematic ideas. It's like, okay, does this fit? Does this fit? And like my my lyricism is just like vowels and O's and P's and like just like does the bounce of it fit? So you're the hummer in the band. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is all back to front. Yeah, I'm a hummer. Um and that's basically it. And like then we'll find like the best fit yeah. for that, for like the structure of it. And often like we'll have you know, something we're going for, like whether it's an idea, whether it's a story, whether it's like, okay, I like this concept. And then from building a hook, for instance, I, I'm super like hook driven. I, I can't really start a song unless I have the, the chorus feel, like that real energetic lift. Then you work backwards. Then it's like, okay, like what story has been told to get to here? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, that is how we write. And then, you know, we'll come in, Luke will sometimes write on Zoom and like send me paragraphs. And then I'll cut here. Like, we don't have to necessarily be in the same room the whole time. Um, but, yeah, that's basically how it works. Now, I love how both of your voices sound together. Um, the harmonies are incredible every single time. And it's sometimes it's even hard to tell who's who uh, yeah. when you guys are singing. Yeah, I mean, you guys are doing it. You're, you nailed it. Um, but I love that you stepped it up once again, like, on this, on this record with Cursive. And you added Kellen Quinn, another incredible vocalist. Like, Oh my gosh, like you guys all sounded incredible on this on this track. So first of all, how did this collaboration happen with Kellen and what was that process? Did you guys send him the lyrics and he kind of recorded it or were you guys all together and, and worked on this song together? Yeah, so I mean, this was my career goal. So I've been I've been joking around that now now that Kellen's on the track, I mean I I can just done. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm walking member, actually. Yeah. It's a new band member. He's, he's actually outside. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that guy was. I'm walking. Uh, but what happened was I was in New York doing press for a film that I did, mm -hmm. and uh, it was like a talk show, and 
the the guest that was coming on after me was sleeping with sirens. Wow, that's that's. <laughs> and I didn't know when I got there, so I, I get there and I'm walking past the dressing rooms and I saw sleeping with sirens and I turned to my PR girl and I said, "Is that like the band sleeping with sirens is here?" And they're like, "Yeah, they're like, but you you can't go say hi to him now. Like, you got to do the interview first. Like, and then maybe after." And I was like, "Screw you! Like, I, I'm I'm knocking on the door." And then you know, Kellen and the whole band was there and they were so incredibly nice. Um, and Kellen has a daughter, you know, who's, who's yeah. the age of, of the target audience for the movie. So we're talking about that. And then afterwards, we kind of just were DMing back and forth um, about meeting and um, just like over the, the course of a couple of years about things he put on the stories, bands that we liked. And I made a promise to myself that when we got to a million monthly listeners that I would send him this track that we had wrote with him in mind. Mm. And I sent it all nervous and I shouldn't have been nervous at all. He was like, oh, hell yeah, man, let's do it. Because yeah. he's the nicest guy ever. Yeah. So, um, and it was all done so fast. Like yeah. he, he's, he's amazing. He's so professional. He recorded it in, in like what? Probably like a day. Yeah. Two days. And, and then we also had this like radio thing. We, yeah. we had to like intro the track on, um, it's called Brooke Reese's show on Apple. And she was like, hey, like, can we get an intro of the track? We literally texted Kellen. I'm not even kidding. One minute later, we had the audio. It was insane. He's literally seen the text, bang, done. Damn. Like, so efficient. Like, so it was an absolute pleasure having him on that. My, uh, my girlfriend has a video of when I met them, and it's so oh, funny because shoot. it's her going, okay, everyone get together. And I'm looking at her, like, like almost like, mom, like, don't, like, that's even with sirens. Like, be cool, be cool. And I'm, like, <laughs> sitting there, like, next to him, you know? Um, yeah. But, yeah, that was, that was a moment I remember forever. And yeah. the fact that he was so kind to, to you know, be my musical hero and, and come in and do this with us was, uh, it was surreal. And actually, my mom was in town when he sent over the stem, so she got to experience that with mm, us. She was in the sick. studio when yeah. we got to listen to it for the first yeah, time. He recorded it, really it in Nashville. Magical. He recorded it in Nashville and then sent it over. Oh, yeah, so that was just so sick. I, I hope that when a tour happens, there's an opportunity to watch this live because, although I don't know if Luke will be able to perform. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I'll be freaking out. Absolutely freaking out. The, the funny thing is that the story that I, that I tell about Luke is like he's not a big caffeine guy. Yeah. And we played South by Southwest back in like 2019. Oh, and we were tired. We were tired. We'd had a long plane ride. And we had to get up and do this. And I'm like, Luke, just have a bit of Red Bull. Like you, you, you'll be fine. Everyone else does it. Like yeah. everyone has coffee. He's like, okay, screw it. I will. <laughs> and he had this like intricate guitar part up on stage. And like right before the song, he's looking at me like, his hands are going, like the guy's like jumping. And I don't know how you got through it, but like I've never seen a guy so like skitzed out in my life. Yeah, yeah. Like he was freaking out. I literally, I don't drink coffee, I don't drink any, any caffeine. I just get so jittery. But the stage was sponsored by Red Bull. I remember it. So yeah. they just had them. And I think we were talking to someone and you know how you kind of just drink when you're talking to someone yeah, just because it's a thing. It. And all of a sudden I'm two Red Bulls in. And I'm. Oh, you really went for it. Yeah. And I, I just, I remember, oh, you I know, know they're, they're cueing me to start the solo and I'm looking at him like, he can't. I can't. I can't do this. Yeah, that was. Ugh. I don't even remember that show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good story though. All right, so no Red Bull or caffeine on tour. That's gonna be on the. That's gonna be. <laughs> I need it. Yeah, yeah. on the rider. No caffeine. It. No, I need it. Otherwise, I'm out. Yeah, one gets too jittery. The other one falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> great, great chemistry, right? <laughs> So with these 21 tracks on this album, where would you guys feel, or where did you guys feel more challenged? Um, whether it was on the writing process, the recording process, or even like trying to figure out how these songs were going to fit on this body of work. Probably finishing it, like finishing it was the toughest by a mile. Because like when you put this much work into something, you can't 
you know, skip steps on the final part, like the mixing, mastering. Like, as we had demos we loved and like people were attached to, people on the team were attached to, and we'd send them off to mix engineers and, and we would get like samples back because we, we wanted to pick a mix engineer that would make yeah. sense for like the songs. And like every, every mix engineer does their thing. And so some of the songs would like get back and sound vastly different. And so like collecting everyone's views on that to actually finish 21 songs or whatever it was, it was like 12, 13, 14 brand new ones. Yeah took ages it took i mean it took months i thought we could get it done in like three weeks i was it was like three months like i was just way off and so that was an amazing process to sit through but also like you know hundreds of hours yeah. if not thousands Damn. just getting through it yeah i think the most challenging thing was there was a couple songs on there that are almost three four years old that we mm. wanted to include on this record and listening to demos and trying to up them to the production level uh, and the sonics that the rest of the songs were, but also not destroy what was good about the original idea it was yeah. challenging. Happy Never After, the actual song, uh, I mean, we've we played that when we opened up for Kesha. That's how old yeah. that song is. Um, I mean, it's it's an old old song. Generation, yeah. And uh, you know, making sure it still was right and had the taste that we had when we first wrote it, but also to fit alongside songs we wrote like six yeah. months ago was a fun challenge i think yeah yeah luke as far as the writing process just because you kind of mentioned like you like to write in like poetry um the fact that you're also an actor and, and reading all of these scripts yeah. all the time like do you think that's kind of like evolved into your songwriting like um just seeing how other directors or, or, or screenwriters kind of write their own stuff for tv like does that impact you at all that's such a great question and absolutely is the answer i think uh when it, when it comes to writing in general especially acting you have to be very empathetic right because you have to understand the characters that you're playing you have to understand everyone else's character and you have to find that within yourself and i think writers are the same way they're writing you know sometimes 10 to 15 characters within a novel and they have to find the truth in themselves and all of those characters to make them believable uh and that's why i pull most of the concepts from songs from novels or from tv shows because i think those characters are so fleshed out yeah. um and I, I actually hope that musicians in the future start collaborating with authors and with showrunners and with screenwriters because uh, I think it's kind of narrow to just work with other songwriters when yeah. literature in general is, is really the driving force of how we communicate emotions. And yeah, so yes, acting definitely <laughs> has, has been exciting because I'm forced to read a lot of stuff. Yeah. And another thing is it forces you to be an alien in things that you don't normally read. So I'll audition for things that I wouldn't normally watch. Uh, I'll read books that I wouldn't normally read. Because when you go to that foreign place in your head, sometimes you pull the greatest ideas. Because you've just never been there before. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I've never heard something like that, um, whether for acting or songwriting. And that's, you know, we don't think about that. Like, as, as the fans, as the audience, we don't think about, like, that extra process, extra step that you guys have to go through. To us, it's just like, oh, they thought of a song, they wrote it. And now they're performing it. But it's kind of cool to kind of get it from that perspective. Um, at the same time, when you are writing, how many times do you find yourself kind of like, do you find yourself that, or do you find it in yourself that songs just kind of happen for you? Or are you always constantly just trying to figure out what to write about? Uh, I have in my phone, I have just a running list of like one-liners or ideas and stuff. 
Um, so I always kind of have a bank of things, and it's finding which ones fit together to craft the overarching song. That's the tough part. Because sometimes you have maybe 10 or 15 lines that might work together, but they don't fit the melody or the flow. And I or think the emotion. Yeah, sometimes, like, also you want... You know, you, you want it to tell your story at the same time, right? Like, there's a certain level of poetic license that you can use when you're narrating and creating stories, but at the same time, like, is everyone going to resonate with that? Mm -hmm. Maybe not, right? It's a little bit too dramatic. Yeah. But that's the key of, like, where's the happy medium? Where's, like, okay, this is fresh, this feels euphoric, but at the same time, like, 100,000 people need to be able to scream it, yeah. you know? And, like, that's sometimes an interesting conversation we have. It's, like, where do we think the perfect spot where the two crossover is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting point that I was like thinking about recently, actually. <laughs> vocally, what is that crossover for you? When, you? when you read those lyrics for the first time, how do you know what kind of vocal ranges you're gonna be hitting for that specific record? And on top of it, like, if it's something personal that, that Luke wrote, how do you step into that world and kind of make right. it your own? Right, I mean, it's a super interesting one because I feel like the one thing that Luke and I have is, you know, we've been, best mates for eight years now pretty much and we've been through some stuff together that it's like you know you can't recreate old friends I always think that and like when when he tells me a story or like we have a story there's often a lot of like through lines that we've experienced together so it like it already feels like it's mine in a way and like we also like collaborate on you know yeah. hooks and stuff like it's it's also words like you know i'll come up with a word here or there it's not like it's completely disconnected right. um but it feels like we craft the stories together in a very like organic sense where also if a word doesn't work i'm like that's not gonna work like we can't we can't do that so we kind of rethink it um but it is interesting because essentially I am singing stories like majority crafted by him, but I also think that's what makes it special. Yeah. Like that's what makes us a bit different, you know? Like, and I love that. Like I, I would never want just to be, I could never be a solo artist. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do it on my own, to be honest with you. Wow. And like, that is why this is so special to me. It's because you can't, like you can't create this. Do you know what I mean? Like I couldn't go and pick someone and have eight years of being a best right. mate and now be in a place where we can communicate with yeah. millions of people now it's not, i mean as fans we're not going to hear that chemistry it's not going to connect right exactly like it's it's very it feels just organic and authentic now in a place where like we've been struggling for a while do you know what i mean like we've we've, we've tried stuff and we've thrown stuff at the wall it hasn't worked um but now we're in a place where okay things are starting to work yeah. it's starting to get really fun and you know people are starting to discover us and fall in love with certain songs um, and that's just unbelievably exciting. And, you know, I wouldn't trade that, like, journey part of it for the world either. Now, you guys uh, have this album that just dropped last month, and it's doing incredible uh, on streams. But you guys are also about to drop another single uh, December 2nd, which is the end of this era. Yes. Um, talk to me about this track. And this, was, this one is, like, left field compared to what we get on the album because this is a, this is a ballad, and yeah. we get to actually you showcase your vocals even more. Um, so talk to me about the difference of this song and like why you felt it's already time to kind of give us something fresh after giving us this like incredible record. Uh, yeah, I think if you listen to Happy Never After or if you watched it as a play, this would be the song you'd write about the play. It's kind of wow. the, the overarching song that sums up those 21 songs. As if you were watching the story that was happening, this is the narrator basically. Uh, yeah. It's very closely tied. 
extremely closely tied. Yeah. And also, it feels like we're also the band that can release a ballad and it still be us. Like, I'm super excited. That, uh, sonically, we have, like, the heavier leaning stuff, i.e. cursive, inhale, moat, the stuff that, like, you know, energetically at shows, we lose it, right? Like, you just, you're a bit untapped on stage. Right. But also, we have the, the dim the lights piano ballad, and I think that is fun for an audience to see the two exist simultaneously. So, yeah, super excited about this one. When did you guys write this song? Was this after the, the album was done or was this also during the same process of the album? This was, this was before. This was, this was right after Happy Never After, the song was written like in, in timeline. Yeah, wow. maybe 2020. Yeah. And that was where, I, actually this song is what made me realize a concept album could be a good idea. Yeah. yeah. So this is the song, it's called Once Again, right? Over again. Over again. Over again. Um, so this is the song that really just made you want to write this record. Is that safe to say, or it's something along those lines for you? Yeah, yeah. for for me, I think lyrically, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was. It felt like, oh, okay, we can go a little more dramatic in places uh, than we normally would go, and the songs will tie together. Yeah. Yeah, and thematically, I love this one because it's about like conceptually to me, the way I read it is like it's a broken relationship but like someone you loved genuinely, like maybe a first love, maybe just something you thought was the end and like you were done with dating or whatever. Um, but you're sitting in the audience and your love and your relationship is being played out in front of you in a play. And you have the chance to like leave before it ends. Like you have the chance, like you see them happily in love, but it's you, right? Yeah. And you have the chance to like leave and not know the tragedy not know the tragic ending and i think that's such a sick concept it's like would you leave right it's your love like do you want do you want it to die or do you want to oh. damn right there's there's this awesome song i love country music and there's a song by cole swindle called uh break up in the end and the song basically uh is a chronological order of even though we broke up in the end i do it again that's kind of what this song is is would you, if you could watch your relationship play out as if you couldn't change anything, would you stay to watch the end? Would you want to know how it goes? And that, uh, I, yeah. no, I, I mean, I always feel like, you know, happy endings are kind of stories that just haven't ended yet. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it, it happens for, for most things in life. There's always the, the tragedy, and that's what makes us feel alive, I guess. I mean, as yeah. big as that sounds. I guess it's true. Mm. Yeah. Damn. That, I mean, <laughs> I'm speechless after that comment. <laughs> I'm, I'm super speechless after that comment. I don't even know. Like, yeah, seriously. Are you guys okay? Like, no. 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 <laughs> but, I, I mean, but, that's, but that's the thing is, voila to me, the, the word voila literally means there you are, right? So it, we want these songs to be so relatable. We're all going through this, this journey of life. And I think once we, we realize that the, the sadness is just a part of it, it makes the happiness really worthwhile. I mean, we're all kind of lonely, but we're not really lonely alone. Yeah. And that's kind of the point. Of, of all of this. I think that's why we go to shows and, and sing these really sad things, but we pay money and we love it and we bring our friends to go sing sad songs with us. It's, yeah. it's just part of it. I think it's just part of, of recognizing the highs is to understand that there are lows, for sure. That's, I mean, that's the best way to kind of end this. I don't, I don't even know how to move forward from that. <laughs> but that, my therapist but, after this, exactly, I think. <laughs> seriously, but that, that's, that's very true, though. And I, I guess you kind of like referenced that on my type. 
um, yeah. in the same sense. Totally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. My my type. I mean, that was that was one hundred percent a true representation of yeah. if you could pull up my yearbook photos from high school. That's that was it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. An era. A definitely like an era song, Seriously. and I love that. I'm excited for this era of this record, and I'm excited for you guys. Um, as I mentioned, this year introduced me to your music, and I'm super excited that I am a fan, and I'm looking forward to seeing like how much more you guys get to evolve. Um, congratulations with this album, Happy Never After. You guys be sure to check out Voila. Happy Never After is out now, and new single, Over Again, drops December 2nd. And uh, thanks, guys, for hanging out Thank with me. You. You're thanks. such a great interviewer. Yeah, it was really a joy. <laughs> thanks really for was. reaching out. We appreciate your time so much, man. And, and thanks. We're looking forward to hopefully do many of these yes, next time, and maybe less sad. We'll, we'll yeah, be happier. We'll, we'll next record, we'll happier or what? Maybe. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't promise that one. <laughs> hey, it's Rob again. If you enjoyed this interview, please follow for more, and I invite you to head over to my YouTube channel, Front Row Live ENT, where I have thousands of video interviews with my favorite new and established artists. Once again, thank you for tuning in, and have a great night.